So the next three episodes, including this one, are going to be a group of episodes talking about books that you guys probably would have assumed I've already read and like read in middle school, but I only finally got around to reading them now. They are the Shatter Me trilogy by Tehera Mafi, who wrote A Very Large Expanse of Sea, which is a book I did an episode on a long time ago, so if you have read that book, uh, go check out my episode on it. And I know the whole book series in the Shatter Me series is like nine books long, including all of the like novellas in between, but I am only reading the first three because the first three was like written as a complete trilogy, and I just like... I read the first three and then I didn't have a huge interest in going on, so I'm only talking about the first three. Maybe eventually I'll come back and talk about the next ones, but we don't know. And this episode is about Shatter Me, the first book in the trilogy, which follows Juliet, who has been locked up for nearly a year because every time she touches a person, they die. And it's kind of the same thing we see with like The Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner, and Legend, where we have like one or two special people living in a dystopian society and they have to fight against like an overlord government and it's pretty standard of that like dystopian YA trilogy format but it was really good and it's Tyra Moffey and so I know it's gonna be great and I'm very excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Yosh, and this is my take. start with a little bit on the writing. Now the writing is pretty good. It's first person but it's really like descriptive and poetic and also very unique because there's this whole crossing out thing and so Juliet will like think something and then she'll cross it out because she doesn't want to think that. And it's interesting because that's how we see our world. We strike through things we don't actually want to think. We have thoughts and we're like where did that thought come from? Like go away. And so it's cool to see like that own internal dialogue played out on the page. And it partially feels like we're reading uh, Juliet's notebook, which is where she like tells her own story and stuff. And so it's just, it's a really interesting dynamic with the writing. And it's also very like poetic and descriptive, which you don't really think about. Like it has this weird balance of like just first person like talking and, you know, 16 year old or 17 year old narration. And then this weird like poetic thoughts about like, birds and cages and flying and freedom and so it just it has this weird mix that oddly works and is interesting but it it definitely is like its own unique thing but obviously it's Tyra Mafi and the writing is always going to be amazing and I really liked it and was really interesting. So now we're going to move on to the plot and we meet Juliet as she's locked up and she gets her new cellmate who we later learn is Adam and he's a guy obviously which freaks her out and then we see them both being let out to shower and Juliet like takes Adam under her wing and is like you know this is where we go and you know you have to hurry up because we only have so much time to get out and get back in and then we get back and Adam is being nice and you know gives her her blanket and 
his blanket too and gives her back her bed and stuff and apologizes and then we finally tell Adam her name like Juliet's finally like I'm Juliet and we learn his name because they have a very cagey relationship to begin with and then we learn a little bit about her past with Adam we know that they have a past together and obviously we don't learn exactly what that is until later but we learn that like they have a past and Adam holds her while she's in the blanket cocoon and obviously she freaks out about it because she thinks she can't touch people and then all of a sudden we're like starting to bond with Adam and we think we're in this thing and we get dragged at gunpoint from her cell and wake up two days later and are alone in this new cell and holy fucking shit Adam is a soldier and it was all a ruse and I kind of thought that I was like this is a little weird that after almost a year she's getting this cellmate who's a guy and is clearly very comfortable and like was pressing her and stuff like it definitely felt a little like this is a ruse kind of thing but then when we finally learned like it was a ruse it was a little shocking and Warner is introduced to us and he has been planning this thing for freaking ever and he has all this information on her and has tracked her through asylums and schools and all these things and is like here's my proposition why don't we team up and obviously she's like I'm not going to team up with you like go fuck yourself and then Warner decides to make Adam her keeper which obviously is gonna lead to feelings like Adam was introduced and he's the first guy and he held her and they have a past. So like you obviously are starting to see the building of like Adam and Juliet are gonna get together kind of vibes. And then we go outside for the first time in almost a year so that she can go to the reestablishment headquarters base like where Warner is. And obviously that place is like the total juxtaposition of the cell and the world outside because it's majorly luxurious and she has all the food she could ever want and new clothes and dresses and a beautiful bed and shower and all these different things and she goes into the bathroom because there's no cameras and then that's where she thinks that Adam is gonna hurt her which like that was kind of a really sad scene where I was like oh shit like girl thinks Adam's gonna hurt her which like it just it mm, I didn't like that like obviously it hurts him too and I just like I wanted them to be together and I wanted her to be able to trust somebody because obviously she wasn't going to trust Warner and so I was like oh that sucks that she really thinks that like he's going to take her in here and beat her because she wasn't cooperating and stuff you know and then I love that she shows up to dinner in her old clothes just to say fuck you to Warner because I didn't like Warner and I was a little mad that she wasn't eating because I was like I get it if you want to like take a stand but like you've already taken a stand with your clothes and you need food because you haven't been actually fed in like forever so like eat the damn food but make a stand with the clothes or something you know and then after dinner Warner tries to get um, one of the soldiers Jenkins to touch her so she takes off running and makes it this whole big thing and then after she like disconnects from him freaks out and passes out and like this girl keeps passing out all the time if she would just eat her damn food she wouldn't pass out but like the fact that she ran and she made it this whole, whole big ordeal, it honestly would have been better if she would just let him touch her and immediately like disconnect. But in that process, we see that like it actually has this really amazing effect on Juliet that she's like able to touch somebody and she feels their life like running through her. So it's weird. And then we learn that Warner's father is the one in charge and obviously like there's daddy issues there and stuff and like you know Warner's gonna have issues and Warner's gonna be like my father never treated me well you know like when his father's a person of major power obviously Warner's gonna like be a little fucked up because of it and then Adam gets punished for Juliet's mistakes but he saves her notebook and that's why he's on her about the purple dress and he puts it in the pocket and he writes to her in it and stuff and then Warner takes her to the execution 
and then just to like show her but we learn later on that the execution was not what we thought it was but warner just let her believe it like it's just the relationship with warner over the next two books is weird and complicated and i need to not talk about it now because i don't want to spoil the next two books if you haven't read them but the relationship with warner is weird and then after the execution it's really cute because she gets really snuggly on the floor next to adam to like fall to sleep because she doesn't like the bed because the bed's too comfortable and she's not used to that luxury and then the shower scene which like all good books have like a shower or a bathroom scene like legend amazing iconic like the shower scene in prodigy is the best and like that's the only one that's coming to mind right now oh all for the game has a shower scene iconic like just shower scenes are so good or bathroom scenes and like realizing that adam can touch her and then just the way he touches her all the time and he has the bird tattoo on his chest that she's been dreaming about which is a little weird that i was like how convenient is that that adam has the exact same tattoo that she has been dreaming of this whole time and then adam promises to get her out of there and then we learn that warner is only 19 and i thought he was going to be like 25 and like way out of like her range or her league or too old for her whatever and so the fact that he's 19 opens up the possibility of a love triangle which is fucking bullshit and i don't appreciate it because warner is this military guy he's trying to take over the world he has daddy issues he feels inadequate like he's trying to bring her in to be a weapon of torture and war and like why would you ever want to fall for him and so the fact that he's 19 he's only two years older than her and he's not like some 25 year old general that's like way older for her than it would be appropriate i mean it's a dystopian world right but like still just the fact that he's so young opened up the possibility of the love triangle and i didn't like it as soon as they said that i was like oh fuck we're gonna go to into a love triangle aren't we which like obviously we are right because all of the fucking dystopian teen books that came out around this time all have fucking love triangles like all the ones i talked about hunger games major love triangle legend not as big but still has a love triangle in it divergent and maze runner i never read well i read the first book the maze runner but i would assume they had love triangles in them so i just like i hate love triangles so much like they're just annoying and stupid and one of my least favorite romance tropes so i was not happy especially because warner was warner and we fucking hate warner and like why are you opening up the possibility to like a warner redemption arc you know like it was just a fucking lot anyways moving on then we see that warner knows that juliet killed the little boy in the grocery store because she thought that she could help him stand up when he had fallen and he was getting abused by his mom and actually she killed him on accident because she didn't really know the full extent to her power because everybody had tried to hide it from her and then she has the whole fight about the cameras with warner in her room and she wins so the cameras in her room are destroyed and turned off and stuff and we learn that adam volunteered to work on her case because he remembered her and we see that warner wants juliet to touch him because he like gets off on it or some shit he was like yeah i'm desperate for you to touch me and like it just was creepy it gave me weird creepy like masochistic like i get off on my pain kind of vibes you know like it just the t undertones of that comment being like oh i want you to touch me and then me thinking about him later like getting himself off on the pain he felt because juliet touched him like it just that was creepy and i didn't like it and it was weird and just 
mm-mm. Nope, nope. Like, him and Christian Grey would be friends, I think. Like, from that comment, I was like, ah, oh, you're a little Christian Grey kind of character. Anyways, then we see the past, and we see that Adam used to get abused by his dad, and he used to stand up for Julia in school, and now that there are no cameras, they confess that they both, like, remembered everything, and that's why they wanted to be together, and they make out against the wall, which was really fun, and then Warner shoves her into the stupid skimpy tank top and shorts and takes her to the torture chamber experiment with the toddler, and you know she has like all the spikes coming up from the floor and there's this toddler and she has to be able to pick up the toddler so that he doesn't get impaled by one of the spikes and she gets so fucking pissed at warner that she crashes through cement and pins warner against the wall and that was the first instance where i was like oh maybe like you know juliet needs to learn her powers and stuff because one of my biggest things with like these dystopian books is like when there's a main character who's like helpless like clary and freaking the mortal instruments like the first five books clary's fucking helpless she doesn't know how to do anything she doesn't train she's like useless in battle and like bella too and like in twilight series it's just like there's all these battles and bella has to sit out of them and makes it a big deal and she's so fucking helpless and i'm like no give me like june from legend who's like a boss ass bitch and will kick some ass give me like katniss who like can use a bow and arrow and can fight and can get herself through things so like the fact that juliet was like has all these amazing powers and she isn't trying to learn about them and she's just like no my skin like kills people and then she just goes through a concrete wall and she's just like eh that's like just something that happened. She doesn't explore it. She doesn't think about it. She doesn't try to punch holes in the wall in her room in her bathroom or whatever. She's just like, that's what it is. I didn't like. And then after the experiment, you know, Adam finds her in the shower and they confess that they're in love. And it's like, it's a little cute, but it all feels very fast and very insta-lovey. And I don't completely trust it. Like, I get it. You're the only two people you think you can trust. You're forced into this situation. It's obviously, you know, you're both attractive people. There's going to be feelings, but you don't have to have it be love. You can just be attracted to her. You can just really like her. You can just want to date her. But why are you like, oh my God, I'm in love with you and I'm tying myself to you and we're going to get through this. And like, it felt like they were trying to have the love that like two main characters have at like the end of a trilogy or like at the start of the third book of a trilogy in the first trilogy. So I didn't entirely trust it. And then obviously like they're making out and they get stopped uh, in the middle of making out because the alarm goes off and Warner finds her journal and Adam pulls a gun on him and the alarm was actually a drill and so now they're stuck because they've pulled a gun on Warner so they have to make their escape. So they jump through the window and Warner brushes her leg and nothing happens and Juliet's like trying to convince herself that it was a fluke and we don't know what Warner's reaction is obviously because we're jumping out of a window and then running through the old world and Adam has to carry her and again I'm like it's not Juliet's fault that she's out of shape because she's been locked up in a prison cell but it's like I mean, okay, I kind of appreciated this one because I was like, I hate when they like have no training, have no whatever, and just can run for days and days and days because they're in danger. Like, I appreciated that she was like, oh yeah, like I'm out of shape, Adam needs to carry me. But also it didn't occur to her to like maybe get in shape because now you're on the run and you need to get in shape. Anyways, then we go through the nuclear power plant to deactivate his tracker and we find the shack where he hid the tank. And then we meet James, who tells Juliet 
that Adam talks about her a lot. And James is the most adorable kid to ever exist. I loved him. He was so cute and sweet and like seeing him was great. And then I didn't even mind that James interrupted them like at midnight because he was like had bad dreams. And then they wake up in each other's arms and obviously like James freaks out and he's like, I thought nobody could touch her. Like I love James and he just like calls shit out and he's like, I thought you said this and I thought this was happening and the way he just like accepts her and stuff and then fucking Kenji shows up and I was like where the hell is Kenji coming from why is he here he has a bullet in his leg and he's hitting on Juliet and Adam has to take care of Kenji and he doesn't want to do it and then the house gets rained down through gunfire so they have to make their escape and they leave James and Kenji so they can try and steal a car and then Warner finds them and fucking shoots Adam and I was like that couldn't have happened. Adam didn't actually get shot. What the fuck is going on? Like, I was so confused. And then the only way that Juliet can get away from Warner is to let him make out with her so she can take his gun, which I was like, okay, yeah, do what you have to do. But I didn't like that she liked it. And I was like, this cannot be like more love triangle things. Like, I was very glad when she shot him and she ran off and found Adam strung up in the slatter house. And then they get the car and I love that in the midst of all this chaos we just have the scene of Juliet trying to drive and Adam's like you're lucky this car isn't stick because you would really be in trouble and then when they pick up James and Kenji Kenji has to drive and I kind of do love that Kenji was looking out for James and gave him like a sleeping pill so that it wouldn't be this like another traumatic experience he had to live through like Kenji was growing on me obviously I was like a little wary of him but he was growing on me and then Adam like has the whole conversation about not officially asking her out and I was like bro timing like why are you talking about this now when you're on the run from everybody like at least wait until James and Kenji are not in the car and then we get to what we later learn is a mega point and Adam gets taken away from medical attention and Juliet fucking freaks out again and I'm like why he's getting medical attention don't you see he needs medical attention like I understand this is a new place and you have a right to be on guard but can't you just be like oh can I go with him or can I stay like why are you fucking freaking out freaking out to the point where Kenji has to knock her out so she again like with Juliet passing out even though Kenji knocked her out it's like Juliet has two settings like crying in the bathroom or like freaking out so badly that she gets knocked out or passes out or whatever and then she wakes up having been all cleaned and healed and we meet castle and learn about what omega point is and how kenji can go invisible and castle has esp and there's all these other people with powers which is really cool because i thought it was going to be just like a juliet thing and to see that it's like other people have powers and stuff is really interesting and then obviously we learned that kenji was a plant and the reestablishment was lying which the reestablishment having been lying to everybody was like the least surprising thing in this entire book like obviously the overlord government is lying to you about the state of the world because that's how they keep power like big fucking whoop you know so that like whole oh my god we have to fight back thing was like expected and then the fucking ending is just her getting her new suit and being ready to take on the world which is pretty damn abrupt if you ask me like i felt like either like end with her freaking out and passing out because Adam's being taken away so you're leaving us on this major fucking cliffhanger or give us a little more time at Omega Point and like let her settle into a routine like why are you just abruptly cutting it off it felt like the end of a chapter not the end of a story you know and so it was like the ending was not my favorite it just felt like you started writing book two and then just decided to cut it off and like 
chop off the first three chapters of book two and put them onto the end of book one. Like it just felt disjointed and weird and not like where you should end a book. Even though it's a series and there's gonna be more, it's, it felt wrong. Like it, it didn't feel like you clarified anything, right? Like either leave it really fucking open-ended or clarify some shit, but not enough shit. Like leave like one big problem. And like, it just, it was, I don't know. I didn't like it. Like I didn't like where it ended. Like I liked the book and it was good and interesting. And obviously like first books in a trilogies, a lot of times are a lot of setup and this was a lot of setup and stuff, but it just like, it the ending was abrupt. So to wrap up this episode, it was really good and interesting and I love Adam and Juliet. And even if it's a little rushed, I'm excited that they're gonna have some time in Omega Point to like hopefully work their shit out and be able to talk and like figure out their relationship and stuff. And it is set up, but it still managed to be good. And even if the ending was very abrupt, like, there was two other books, and it wasn't like I was waiting for the two other books to come out. Like, they've been out. So I'm less annoyed at the ending because I don't have to, like, wait for another book, you know? And so make sure to stay tuned for my next episode because that is going to be about the sequel, Unravel Me. And I'm very excited to talk about that one. So, yeah. I have been my Gosh, and this has been my take on Shatter Me by Tahir Mafi. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.